Podcast One Production. Hi, I'm Margie Hartley, and welcome to Rebuilding Australia Our Mindset. Australia has been ravaged by the worst bushfires we've seen in decades. We saw the entire country pull together to support each other through this time of crisis. But now that the fires have mostly calmed, the mental weight of what has happened and how we can move forward to rebuild Australia can feel quite heavy for some of us. So in this series, I've invited some of Australia's top psychologists and mental health experts into the studio to help guide us through what we're feeling and give us tips to help us manage the emotional toll the bushfires may have had or may still have on us. Since June 2019, over 18 million hectares of Australian bush has been burned and 29 people have lost their lives. More than 1.25 billion animals have been killed and 6,500 buildings have been destroyed. With such a trail of devastation, how can we cope? Georgie Harmon is the CEO of Beyond Blue. She has dedicated her career to do better for people and her leadership and connection to community is exceptional, no more clearly shown than through the most recent bushfire crisis. Georgie, I want to ask a simple and seemingly obvious question. How are people feeling in relation to the devastation? Look, it's a, it is a simple question, but it's, I think it's probably the most important question that we should be asking and, and having a chat about at this point. The first thing we need to remember is that this isn't over. You know, there's a lot of communities that are still facing fire threat or, you know, going through actual fires themselves. And I think the scale of this, this season, the numbers of people who have been directly affected and the, the numbers of people who have been indirectly affected, I think, is at a scale that we haven't seen before. So what is the basic thing that we should be feeling right now? I guess the the thing I want to say is it's actually okay to not feel okay. You know, we actually need to understand that these are very upsetting, distressing and extraordinary situations that we're not naturally equipped to kind of deal with and we just kind of get on with it, right? We kind of keep our loved ones safe. We fight, you know, we fight for our lives and that kind of adrenaline that kicks in that keeps us alive in situations like that is actually really healthy. What we need to watch out for now is feelings of numbness, feelings of you know, hypervigilance. So if a door slams and you jump out of your skin, um, and then you t- it takes you a long time to calm down afterwards. These are classic signs that things aren't going so well and that we actually probably need to be thinking about, you know, what's going on um, in our well-being. But I think it is actually okay to not feel okay. It's okay it's not really to feel okay. It's really a normal reaction to feel incredibly sad, to feel numb, to feel detached, to to kind of be fearful. These are very common reactions. They're normal reactions in this kind of situation and post a disaster like this. But when those feelings last for more than four weeks, that's when we've got to start paying attention and perhaps go and talk to someone. I just want to take you back to this idea of directly and indirectly affected. So those who are hypervigilant, they may have escaped a bushfire, had their houses destroyed. 
and been really impacted directly. And then there are people like my taxi driver today, who's a new Australian, mm. who said he's highly anxious because yeah. he lives on the edge and outskirts of Melbourne. Yes. And when can he not, when can he stop feeling anxious about the bush? Yes, I think that's absolutely right. So we've not only had, obviously, people, families, communities really, really devastated by, directly by fires, losing houses, businesses, mm. you know. We've had families who were on holiday mm. with kids and dogs and, you know, and then suddenly finding themselves in evacuation centres trying to reassure their kids, surrounded by smoke, perhaps been on beaches and had to, to get evacuated uh, through really terrifying situations. And then, you know, having to do the kind of run home um, through banks of traffic. We've got kids who have been... And, you know, all of us constantly being exposed to talking about this, seeing about it, reading about it in the papers, watching it on the news, seeing it on social media and reliving and reliving and reliving and seeing constantly the same images. And, and that's, you know, it's important for us to talk about this at the community, but the, as a community, but these, this constant going back to and revisiting can actually get to a point where it's unhealthy. We've then got people who have lived through and survived bushfires in the past or other traumatic events for whom this season of fires has been extremely triggering. So, you know, um, people who've lived through Black Saturday or Ash Wednesday, um, the smell of smoke can take them right back years and years to those times. So this is a very complex, multi-layered situation and one that we need to come together as a community on, not just right now and in the next few months, but actually over years. So the thing that, you know, it's we I've never seen such a coming together of people and communities as we've witnessed. And that is an extraordinary thing, a remarkable thing, an encouraging thing. But what we really need to remind ourselves of as a country and as a community is that those people and families and businesses and communities that really have been badly affected will need us more than ever in 12 months, in two years, in three years. So it's about this being long-term, mm. not just a short-term strategy in yeah. terms of looking after the mental well-being of the community and people affected. Look, that's absolutely spot on. Right now, people are experiencing, you know, emotional distress. They might not be feeling as resilient as, as they, they are, uh, as they usually do. We know that trauma quite often takes a long time to, to show its face um, and it can creep up on you. So can I ask you, have people been reaching out to you now yeah. with mental health concerns or are they things that we're waiting for still? Look, we know that, and this has been the pattern that we've generally experienced at Beyond Blue with our support service over, you know, through previous um, disasters, is that it takes a while for our support service to, to jump up. We have had, you know, a steady flow of calls and contacts to our support service from people who've been affected by the fires. But we're really preparing for three months, six months, 12 months, when we really think that that's when we're going to see the spike. I know that Lifeline have experienced about a 10% uplift um, since December. Um, and that's, you know, that's obviously a crisis service. We Beyond Blue service is there for, you know, that kind of the longer term counselling and support and things like that. So, so we're 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 anticipating a jump up in our in our service, our online forums, which is where people come together and actually chat as community members, and offer one another peer support. We've seen a big increase in posts about the fires, uh, people actively talking about, 
you know, how it's made them feel and sharing encouragement with it, with one another and strategies that keep them, you know, kind of keep up their resiliency and, um, you know, help them deal with, you know, traumatic events. So that's a really encouraging thing. And if we think about what happens in the beginning uh, and what we might be experiencing, you said hypervigilance before, mm. and then you said trauma takes a long time to show up. Is there a roadmap to the way that we might be feeling over this long period sure. of time? So, you know, those real intense feelings of of really high emotional distress are usually the most intense in the first couple of weeks after the immediate event, after the fire. And then what we see is, you know, those usually in most people slow down and dissipate. They go away, uh, they subside. And for most people, they disappear. So I guess that, you know, if you're feeling that now, if you're still feeling it in a couple of weeks, you know, you know again, go and see your GP, have a chat with someone. Um, but we generally see most people um, that, it, that initial emotional distress subsides and goes away. What we then see is a certain percentage of the population will experience, go on to experience traumatic um, uh, distress. And, you know, post-traumatic stress is a classic um, condition that some, some people in the population will experience. And that kind of PTSD would usually take a few months or sometimes even years to um, to emerge. So classic classic trajectory is first week intense feelings. Most people get better. Uh, month, if you're not feeling well, you know, perhaps there's something going on there. A few months later, people actually start to feel like they start to feel intense anger, especially if, you know, we the rest of the community's forgotten about them and gone about their daily lives. That's when people actually really start to struggle and the signs start to emerge. Anniversaries, so a year on, you know, that can be a major trigger and can really take people back. Um, but we know that, you know, again, trauma takes sometimes months and even years to emerge. Right now, people are concerned about where am I going to sleep tonight? Mm. You know, have I got enough cash? Uh, how am I going to keep the business afloat? There is, There are very basic needs that people are dealing with right now in fire-affected areas. Once people start to rebuild and recover, that's when we know that the, the signs and symptoms of PTSD will, will potentially start to emerge in some people. And it's okay to not be okay, an important message to remember. Is it also okay to be okay? Absolutely. You know, I think all of us are different. And I think this is one of the fascinating things about the area that I work in. You know, I'm not an expert in mental health. I'm not a clinician. I am a, I am a person who has had their own experiences, had, has had family experiences, lives in communities, you know, lost mates to suicide. Uh, and and all, my experiences to each of those things has been different and will be different to yours. Um, so it's actually okay. If you're feeling all right at this stage, that's okay too. Don't feel guilty about it. Turn that energy into supporting others. What did you learn from your own experience over Christmas? Yeah, it was interesting. I was, um, I was like many hundreds of thousands of other Aussies, you know, looking forward to a really lovely break on the beach, you know, swimming and reading and just relaxing and, you know, rebooting for the year ahead. Mm. And I was on holiday on the southeast coast of New South Wales and my experience is nothing compared to most people's, but, you know, we got trapped and didn't have water and electricity for a few days, no comms. And I found myself with a deep sense of unease. Um, you know, we had a plan, we knew exactly what we were going to do. 
and you know the the house was not directly affected by the fires but there was smoke everywhere and you know you could fire very close by but i found myself really yeah with this deep unease and worried just worried um and then when we finally were able to to get out i felt like i was in two places at once um you know i was back in in melbourne and you know, life was untouched and apparently normal and, you know, everyone was just getting on with things and I just felt like I was still back there. And, you know, just going to the evacuation centre, it really touched me about how lucky I was and and met one woman who literally drove in from Cabago having lost her house with her dog in the back of the car and a few papers. How do we respond yeah. to people like you who are at unease, who've been very close by, mm. And to the people like the lady in Cabago yeah. or those who are around us, yeah. what is our role when mm. we might be fang- feeling anxious as well? Sure. Well, again, I think the message is it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling, it's actually okay. Um, so, you know, and if you're a person who is a mate to someone like me who might be slightly sort of out of sorts, just talk to us, you know, say, hey, look, you know, that must have been really scary. Let's talk about it. What did it? What was it like and how are you actually feeling about it now? People will often say, just as I've said, you know, I am so lucky. I've got nothing to worry about. But but again, like as a mate, just say, yeah, but you went through something really scary. So let's talk about it. How are you feeling? And eventually, you know, that person might actually say, I'm not actually, you know, I'm not sleeping as well as I usually do. So, or I keep thinking about it. Um, so again, you know, opening up those conversations are incredibly uh, useful and powerful and actually what people need to do right now. In terms of someone who's lost their house, um, you know, all you can do is actually sit, hold their hand, listen to them and say, what can I do to help? Um, but a lot of the time it's actually just that that human connection because a lot of us can't actually do anything. Um, uh, but I think kindness and time and listening and being a, a person who's actually prepared to just sit and listen and not offer solutions to someone necessarily, but just sit and listen and just say, I, you know, I'm so sorry. Let them cry. It's actually, crying is good. You know, I think a crying great release. is, yeah, it's mm. a really great release of a lot of stress and tension. What do we say to someone like my taxi driver who's indirectly affected to help them through their anxiety? Yeah, look, I think, again, I think that that message of what you're feeling and that the fact that you are really stressed and anxious about the fires, you know, potentially being nearby and they've, this has been going on for weeks, um, that it's actually okay to feel stressed and it's okay to not feel okay. I would be saying to, to these people, people, you know, um, if are you sleeping okay? Um, you know, you're not drinking too much. Are you keeping yourself healthy? And are you keeping in a normal routine? Because routine is really important as well. Are you sleeping okay? If not, okay, right. Well, that's one thing that's really showing that you're very stressed. Um, are you keeping to a normal routine? You know, are you keeping connected with friends and family? You know, if you like, exercising is still exercising are you eating okay all of these kinds of things that keep us mentally as well as physically healthy and if the answer to all of those is no or mm, yeah no it's a bit dodgy at the moment then you should be saying to that person look you're probably being affected more affected than you think you are or want to admit so why don't you you know jump on beyond blue's website give Beyond Blue a call, go and have a chat with your GP because if you're still feeling this over a number of weeks, then, you know, it's probably time to go and talk to someone about, you know, whether there's, you know, what's actually going on for you. 
Because if this keeps going, it's actually really unhealthy. Whenever I've had any trauma in my life, the thing, one of the things that I've said to others that was most impactful is the consistency with which people called me. And yeah. one of my cousins called me every week for a year Absolutely. after a certain trauma in my life. And that was one of the most powerful things that anyone did. Exactly. And, and was there for the long term. Yeah. It wasn't just the one-off phone call, hey, how are you doing, mate? It was actually there every day or week for a long time. And that's, I think, really what people need, as well as a return to routine as quickly as possible after a, a, a disaster. So, you know, establishing routines, knowing that, you know, you're local club might have burnt down understanding all of that but you know if you went and played footy on every every Wednesday night or you know maybe maybe you know go for a run every Wednesday night or you know take the dog and the kids for a walk every evening establishing routine especially for children and young people is incredibly important to recovery I want to ask you if I've been directly affected and I'm feeling that my mental health has been impacted what do you suggest are the practical things that I can mm. do to assist me through this period? Sure. I think the most important thing to do is stay connected. Stay connected with the people that you love, um, the people that you usually spend time with, because connecting and spending time with people who care, family, friends, work colleagues, is actually really, really, um, really good for us in the best of times and, all, and especially in the worst of times. Give yourself time. Everybody's pace and, and um, rate of... of returning to normal will be very, very different. We are, we're different people, right? There's no one size fits all for this stuff. So give yourself time and don't put yourself under pressure or compare yourself with other people. As I said, try and keep a routine going and, and do the things that would that help you relax and wind down. Um, as much as you can, continue to do the things that you enjoy, whether that's, you know, as I said, going to the gym, playing sport, going for a walk, um, and those physical benefits of physical, uh, mental benefits of physical activity are also really important. Um, and be prepared for times where you feel like you're not making any progress. Um, everybody experiences, you know, those steps backward. But the important thing is you keep doing the things that, that I've just talked about. And, and I guess talk about the ups and downs of recovery with your friends, with your family, and with your GP or your health professional, um, those people who are involved in your care, if you do, if you are, you know, affected mentally by, by the fires. So for me, these are all free and cheap, right? They don't, going out for a walk does not cost us anything. Um, connecting with friends and family does not cost anything. Um, and also be prepared to listen to the people that trust you trust, even if you don't necessarily like what they're saying. These are people who know what we're like normally and can see changes in us. So if your friend or your partner says, look, I've noticed these changes and I'm worried about you and I think we can't ignore this, um, our, often our first instinct is to get defensive, even angry. There's nothing to see here. I'm absolutely fine. Go away. Um, but trust the people around you. And if they, they're saying these kinds of things, then, you know, trust that advice. Listen to them and, you know, it's okay to open up. It's okay to be vulnerable. Everybody is feeling this way. So, Georgie, where do I actually go? Who can I reach out to? Mm. And how can I connect with a health professional sure. when I'm feeling like this? Sure. Look, I think, you know, there's different 
levels and layers to this. And again, you might want to just kind of get some information to start with. And, you know, a really good place to start is to jump on the Beyond Blue website. So beyondblue.org.au, just Google Beyond Blue. And what you'll see really visible on our homepage is is a big image and a, you just click on that and it's called Mental Health and Bushfires. And um, on that page, you'll find all the stuff that I've been talking about, you know, what what's normal, what's not normal, what, you should, what should you be looking out for in yourself and others? Importantly, where to go to get help. Um, so, and if you do feel that you're at that stage, you know, just pick up the phone and call Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46 36. Um, we've got mental health professionals that are there at the end of the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they're obviously, you know, skilled at, at, at um, talking through these kinds of issues. If you prefer to not, some people don't like picking up the phone or might not have a phone at this stage or, you know, prefer to have an online chat with someone. Um, we've also got mental health professionals that you can have a live chat with online. Um, and that service operates from 3pm to midnight, 7pm, uh, seven days a week, um, Australian Eastern Standard Time. So those are some really practical things. The other thing that we do have at Beyond Blue, which a lot of people find really, really helpful in addition to potentially going and getting some professional support, is connecting with their peers, connecting with other people who might be feeling the same way that they're feeling or have gone through, you know, some really hard times. So they're called the Beyond Blue Online Forums. And again, if you jump on our website, um, you'll see the, a link to get support on the on the top of the page. Click on those and you'll, you'll get instructions as to how to join those forums. We do ask people to register. You don't need to give us all your details and we don't even ask for your real name. But um, you will be connected with people and you'll see conversations happening online about how people are, are going. Um, and of course, you know, the bedrock of our communities in terms of, you know, healthcare, go and have a chat with your GP. You know, GPs are often a great gateway to just start to have that conversation and then connect you into longer-term support and care if that's what you need. Georgie, thank you so much for taking the time to explain and help us understand it's okay to not be okay and how to get help. Look, thanks so much for having me on. It's, it's a really important conversation to have. If you're feeling distressed or overwhelmed, mental health professionals are available 24-7 at the Beyond Blue Support Service on 1300 224636 or at beyondblue.org.au forward slash get support. Rebuilding Australia, Our Mindset was presented by me, Margie Hartley, in collaboration with Podcast One Australia, Beyond Blue and Lifeline. Audio production by Matt Nikolic, produced by Matt Dwyer, and executive producer is Jennifer Goggin.